dance. Damn, now every song's got a rapper dance. I know where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> Not who I'm told to be. When I follow my dream, yeah, I'll be exactly where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> I know where I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Not who I'm told to be. The original Jew. Hello everybody and welcome to Recruiting Real Talk. I'm your host Trevor Bowlers and with my co-host JC Moreau. Today we have Mitch King on the show and Mitch is quite the standout football player for the University of Iowa Hawkeyes and uh, had his time in the pros. Mitch, where did you play for? I play. I was on, unfortunately I was on IR in Tennessee my first year. I was kind of a damper and then uh my second year, I played in Indianapolis for a year, and then I was my last two years, I played with New Orleans. Now, Trevor, yeah, so I, I think it's important for parents to know about Mitch, and this is not a slight on you, Mitch, but I, I think you would embrace this. Uh, you, you're that, that tweener guy, that always a little undersized, a little short. He's too short for this. He's not big enough for that. He's not fast enough to play there. And every level you played at, you excelled. Actually, as we sit here in my office right now, if you look over your right, Trevor, there's a Autograph Mitch King football, which I'm a little, uh, I'm pumping his head up a little too big now, but uh, the, he, he just worked and willed his way to a lot of, he had a lot of God-given ability, but had to work his way to, you know, accomplish everything he accomplished, which I think is good for a lot of parents and kids to hear because a lot of them get that same message. Right. So, hey, Mitch, can you tell us a little bit about your recruiting story, right? How that came about and then... Well, just straight up, just tell us a little bit about your recruiting story. So, uh, you know, I always wanted – my dream was to play in the NFL. Obviously, all the kids were. And I, growing up, my family and I were never really college football fans or college athletic fans, right? So when I started getting recruiting – recruited you know the michigans and the wisconsin's and the iowa i didn't i didn't know anything about the history i didn't know anything about who played where or anything like that but i knew when i started going these um colleges and talking to the coaches and seeing the the severity in the messages what they were saying i i learned very quickly that it could be a real thing for me you know i just thought these recruiting visits were kind of you know formality for a decent football player and it kind of became a, a quick reality for me that, hey, I can play at this level. I can compete at this level. And, you know, me and my parents and my family sat down early on in the recruiting process and said, you know, let's feel comfortable. Let's get to a place that you think you can play at and compete at. And uh, let's make a decision early on and get it over with so it doesn't loom over your head in your high school career and your high school enjoyment. So we made a conscious decision to make a commitment early on in my or in my high school career and recruiting process. And really, I made a commitment, I would say, just a few months after my junior year in high school football season. So I committed to the University of Iowa early on and I, I stopped recruiting visits. I stopped communication with all other colleges because I made that conscious effort that I didn't want the rhetoric and the connection and the contact and the constant travel to affect my high school playing or my high school enjoyment. Right. Amazing what 10 years has done. When did they start recruiting you? I started getting letters in my junior year, like during the season. So I started getting phone calls from Reese Morgan about halfway through my junior year. I got my first official scholarship offer was from the Iowa State, and that was in the winter after my junior year football season. So it was 
I didn't get recruited heavily until I started playing my first game junior year. I kind of came out of nowhere, to be 100% honest with you. Which is not atypical, you know, just 10 years ago. Yeah. And now that's, there's still those situations, but as we've also talked about, there's the situations like the one you're in where it starts happening earlier and earlier, and it's, it's just amazing. I mean, how much earlier and how much more noise there is. Well, in the competition, though, for for ears, well, for eyes. Well, you got today, you got the huddle, which is an amazing tool for these kids and the parents. You know, I remember, I remember my mom sitting in the stands literally tallying the tackles that I had every game because really? my high school didn't record defensive stats. Right. So she she recorded that for me. And then I remember going to my parents paying a gentleman um, to cut up VHS tapes of my high school tape for highlight films that I literally put in manila folders and envelopes and mailed out to colleges. And you are almost as old as us. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I was, I, was, I was hustling. I was hustling trying to get out there. I was trying to get my name out there. I was trying to get that going. And much easier today. I'm sorry? Much easier today. Yes, it is. The exposure is much easier. The exposure is much easier. And, I, you know, I, I don't – I think it's – the exposure is easier. I don't think it's any easier for the kids. Oh, no, no, know? no. Not at all, but just exposure-wise, I did the same thing, cutting up the VHS tapes and making one copy after another, paint, you know, waiting 40 minutes between each one or something with my archaic technology, and then mailing them in the folder with or the manila envelope but you know, from Canada to the U.S., and I remember how much it cost, and it, yeah, nowadays they can get it all on to huddle and then post things on social media if they want to put a quick thing out. Everybody sees it instantly. So, hey, Mitch, if you were going to talk to parents today, um, as far as recruiting goes, what would be your one thing to be like, hey, this is the most important thing for you guys to do as a team, for you guys to understand together? Wow, that, that's a loaded question in my opinion. I think you could go so many different ways. You could go academics. You could get, you know, get in front of people, get the exposure. You could, you could talk, you know, try and show that you're a multi-sport athlete, swimming, track, baseball, football. I'm a huge believer that it doesn't just get you the exposure and show your diversity. It's also builds your body and your, your muscles and your, your core in different ways that builds you to be a better athlete. So I would sit down and kind of see what that, those parents and those kids, the dreams are and their aspirations and kind of build off what they want. And I would show them that I would try to help them get the tools like you guys are doing with this show that fits for each family individually, because it is a little different per kid, you know. But I, I would say for myself, what helped me the most is that I never said no. You know, if a coach asked me to do this, uh, go to a seven-on-seven, lift weights in the morning, you know, swimming practice, whatever, I was always that guy that said, okay, I'm in it, let's do it. I was always the guy that wanted to play pickup basketball, or, you know, even though I sucked at basketball, you know, those kind of things. I, I would always tell those kids to never say no at an opportunity to get better or to compete. That's what I was going to say. That's exactly what that was. Is you, you always competed. Yeah. And, and didn't yeah. let it, it stop you if you weren't the best at it, which I think is a, something that some kids deal with. If they're... Well, and some parents, you know. I, yeah. I'm going to throw my brother under the bus for a minute. You know, he contemplated holding his eight-year-old son back in baseball because he wasn't the best. And I'm just like, that's – you know, you're doing, yeah, I'm not going to bash my brother, but at the same time, you know, that doesn't do any justice to my nephew. 
you know, it's it shows you a little humility if you're not the best every now and again. Because there's some point where you're not going to be the best when you <laughs> arrive there, right? Correct, correct. You know, um, you know when I got to Iowa, uh, I know this is a recruiting thing, but it, it was uh, it was eye opening because when you get there, you've got 120 kids that were just as good as you or even better in high school, and they're there for the same reason you are. They earned it, you know. So now you've got to re-earn it, and you've got to re-hustle, and you've got to outwork everybody else again. And that's and that's what I relished, and that's kind of what I, I loved about that aspect of college football. You yeah. have to keep earning it. I hear you. So then let's, uh, let's move past recruiting. Let's get into the next phase of things here. Now you've been through all of this, and you're helping kids. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, so I started a foundation a year after I got out of the – NFL and I my my main goal was to help kids pay for college. So my foundation raises money and raises uh, donations to help give back to area youth in Southeast Iowa and across Iowa. Period. Um, and so far, we've raised over the past five years, we've raised and given out uh, seventy thousand dollars. And that's in scholarships to kids. Correct. That's in scholarships to kids, not just athletes, um, all the above. You know, I felt that what athletics was able to give me and the head start in life that it was able to give me, um, I would be doing everybody a disservice not to give it back in some fashion or at least help. So, yeah, I and, and the one way it was kind of a no brainer for me to start jump start the foundation was to have football camps and have football academies um, and teach the game that taught me so much back to kids and back to parents. Give us the information on the extra heartbeat football camp and foundation. Yeah, so um, the SRB Foundation, um, it's in uh, Burlington, Iowa. It's this summer. It is uh, June 14th and 15th um, in Burlington, Iowa at the Burlington Recplex out there in West Burlington. And what I do and what I try to do, I try to bring back guys back that I either played with or played at Iowa and in the NFL to come and help um, teach the instructions to the kids that come to the camp. And the reason I structured the camp the way I did is twofold. I went to a lot of camps and you walk away and it was geared towards something completely different than I think a lot of camps should be geared towards when I was there. I don't know how they are today. I want to teach kids technique and something they they can work on to better their skills as well as better them as individuals and teammates and leaders. You know, I want to be the best camp and teach so much technique to these kids that they can go back and teach their teammates or, you know, their coaches that didn't come to the camp. Um, and also teach these kids that there's so much more in sports and especially football that teaches you about life and being a better person. You know, that's the one of the – you made a good point, Mitch, with a lot of camps nowadays seem far more like an evaluation. Absolutely. You know, combine with some – skills, competition, but really with the whole point being evaluating. And there's definitely a, a time and a place for that. And that's necessary for some kids, you know, sometimes. But at the end of the day, you need to be a better football player and to learn to become a better football player. Yeah. It's not a track meet. So know that the, the fundamentals and the technique and stuff that you guys uh, work on and the amount you get done in a short period of time in a day and a half or so is is really astounding. I feel, you know, you pay those 150 to $300 or whatever to go to a camp. I want the best kids at that camp to have production. And I want, 
you know, the kid that's just trying to see if he wants to play football or not to learn something, you know, because, you know, what I didn't learn at camps, hey, as a de- as a linebacker, you know, like I didn't, I didn't learn how to stay on the back hip of that running back for to protect from cutback, right? I didn't learn about pulling guards. I didn't learn about down-down pull, right? I didn't learn about that from a linebacker standpoint, right? And at my camp, I teach fund- we teach fundamentals, and we teach concepts that these kids can go into their season and be a better football player. We're there to make the kids better and not – we don't have an ulterior motive to recruit a kid or make money out of it because it is volunteer. It's a complete nonprofit. And I think that's the special part about the XRB Foundation. Well, and, you know, we've been talking a lot about camps, going to camps. This, the reason that it was important to get Mitch on was to talk about a camp exactly like this where you go to work on your skills versus going to show out. Yes. You know, yes, you got to get to the show out camps and show show the skills you developed, but you got to still work on the skills. No, and it's like you you got to still work on them. So even if you have them, or have some level of skill that maybe is better than most, you're still you're never there. You've never arrived. You've never reached your 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 pinnacle. You can always improve, and I think that's something that you know, some kids will think that they're you know they're the whatever top whatever in the state. You know, JC, you just hit the nail on the head. I remember when I was playing in Indianapolis, I played with two of the best defensive ends to ever play the game, Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis. And <laughs> yes. I remember I remember before practice, Robert and Dwight um, would be doing pass rush moves on a, on a blue dummy and just on air and, and refining their skills. And they were 13-year pros, and they're, they're going to be Hall of Famers. You know, and it's and it amazed me at that point. I'm like, just like you said, you never are complete. You can always get better. You can always refine it. So, like Trevor said, you need to go to those camps that you show out and you compete, and it's in an evaluation. You have to, right? In today's world, it's a must. But in the grand scheme of things, you better have some tools and techniques and skills to show out out those camps and and on film when you're, you know at the games and, you know, you're competing against, you know, the rival schools and all that stuff. Awesome. Hey, Mitch, I got to say, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for sharing your story. I know that, uh, you know, a lot of our listeners are going to get a bunch out of this episode, you know, um, with the, uh, with the comments that you made about leadership and, and then still working on technique, all of those things are really critical. Hey, Mitch, could you just one more time, give us the, the website, if people want to check the camp out, check your foundation out. Yeah, you go to extraheartbeat.org, extraheartbeat.org. Uh, Perfect. And then your Twitter? It's uh, MKFA uh, Foundation, so it's MK Foundation. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll post that along with the uh, show notes. Gentlemen, so I appreciate the time, and if I left you and any listeners with a piece of advice, I would say never give up, like JC was saying. Uh, being the underdog is some kind, sometimes fun, and the harder you work, the more respect you earn, and the further you get in life. Great message. Have a have a wonderful day, gentlemen. Thanks, hey, Mitch. Thanks, Mitch. Bye. Right. Well, like Mitch's story shows, you know, you have to do the work your parents have to be interested in working with you. 
His mom's sitting in the stands taking stats on what he did. You know, I, I have a friend whose brother videotaped him specifically. He was an O-lineman, you know. And depending where you're from, you may not have a press box uh, angle and a end zone angle for uh, all your videos. Right. I know we certainly didn't when I was in. The majority of my film was from field level. That's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that field level where there's, where's the big crown in the middle of the field. Yeah. So you can barely see the other side of it. <laughs> It was, uh, I think I had some coaches that might have shut that off after a while. <laughs> if I knew then, what I know now. Find a camp. Find a camp that's going to teach you. And then work on the things that you're taught. Right. For Trevor Bowlers and JC Moreau, you can check us out at The Strength U on Twitter or at Hot Feet Sports on Twitter. All right. This is our show, Recruiting Real Talk. I know where I'm supposed to be. Not who I'm supposed to be. Exactly where I'm supposed to be. I know where I'm supposed to be. Not who I'm told to be. The original joke. When I follow my dream, I'll be exactly where I'm supposed to be. I wish I followed my dream when I first had the chance. I wish I could ever seen a life of passing a glance.